Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coach, speaking of rules, what rule would you like to see changed in high school basketball and why? <laughs> well, we're already talking about it. It's the only sport, in my opinion, that I can think of. I mean, uh, and someone would probably correct us on this, where a guy gets disqualified for committing too many fouls or too many errors. Um, Coach, the Cowboys I, line, if that was the case, we would have no one. Uh, yes. No one. If they had, if they got individual fouls for every holding or yeah. <laughs> or false start. <laughs> yes, if there was a – so yeah. I don't think – I don't think people come to a game, you know, with the thought of I want to I want to see some people foul out. Um, I think they come, they want to see people play. Yeah. So, you know, there's free throws awarded. I mean, especially usually when a guy does foul out, typically speaking, the other team's in the bonus. So even if it's not a shooting foul, so the team's getting penalized for the foul. I don't see why we disqualify players from playing. Um and we do it a lot of times, as we just talked about, even before they foul out, we're having to sit them because they're in foul trouble. Yep. And I think it's it's way too big of an impact on the game. And and officiating is a hard job, but I would say we make it harder because of that fifth foul rule. Um, I mean, and we all know this. There are officials, some of them, that will be aware that a good player is in foul trouble and that he might have to – you know, commit murder to get his fifth one. Well, that's not necessarily <laughs> fair to the team he's playing against. Yep. You know, or a, an official is unaware and, you know, he's picked up his last two fouls on things that have happened 80 times throughout the game that haven't been called. So you're you're putting a whole lot of responsibility and maybe pressure on those officials too because there's a, a good player that may just be ousted from the game. So – I mean, I think if I'm, you know, I mean, I don't think that uh, I've said that to other coaches and they've said, well, I mean, so you just have guys just like go out and just hammer people. Constantly. See, that that's the that's what I don't like. If they go there, then I don't really understand their thought process, because if all fouls are errors, just because you can't foul out, like hypothetically, you could have infinity fouls. Well, that's not going to happen because your team's going to lose and you're going to be out anyway because you can't stop fouling. Your coach yes. is going to pull you off the floor because you're not good enough to play without fouling. The, I don't, other team, the other team's shooting 50 free throws, you're going to lose anyway. The idea that the games are going to take five hours because, though, no, that's not how it's going to work. But to your point, I've thought about this a lot, Coach. I, th I think we should have either a higher foul limit or just forget that whole thing. Keep the one of one with the team fouls, keep them going and even move them up. If you'd like, you know, move them up to one and one at five, you yes. know, and then, and then uh, I also, I would love for the fouls to be cleared um, at every quarter, but, but that's just another thing. But then I, I think if our, if the officials can, and it doesn't take to me a lot of, especially at the higher levels, like you are you know, meet with your crew, Know the teams that are playing and take more of an NBA style approach, which is guys, just remember this isn't about us. This is about yeah. the kids. And this is this is entertainment. It's it's a sport. It's supposed to be fun to watch. We're not going to take control of this thing. That number 12 on that team, he's the man. Like he's their guy. 
You know, yeah. like that. I'm not saying you don't baby them. And if no. it's just a blatant, but there's nothing wrong with officials knowing who those major stakeholders are on each team. That's I totally agree because then they don't ticky tack that. If it's an obvious foul, they call it. But and, and I know every coach has had that. I mean, you get to know some of the officials, and you know, and and they're they're good. You know, some of them, some of them you really like, you you have good rapport with. And though, and this has happened throughout the years where we've had a kid, you know, where I got upset in a game with one of them that I knew well for a foul that they call on a good player, and they'll say, "Well, send me that clip." So I do. Well, here's what I would say is if you have to take it to slow-mo frame by frame to try to figure out if that was a foul. And I think it's there. Yeah, good point. Like probably just something that just happens if we went out and play pickup, just happens all the time. And uh and you so that I think some of the frustration with that would be eliminated if guys weren't having to sit players or or have them disqualified. I think it would really, when we talk about making things better between coaches and officials, I mean, I think that could go a long ways. Yeah. I I like that, but I I, I've realized sometimes then just that I've never been an official before. And so I don't really know what it's like to stay, to to be in their shoes, but I realize the disconnect sometimes because to your point, I, I, I think of the moments when, my my best player gets his fourth foul and it's something really small. And I bring that guy over and I say, you just gave my best player's fourth foul on that. And they'll look at me like they don't care at all. Like, like it's not something. I, to me, it just makes sense that everybody would be all on the same page with this for the other team as well. But then I'm confronted with the fact that, no, that's not the thought process right now. <laughs> um, so, yes, that would be that would be a rule change, I guess. I like that. Coach, last question before we go to the speed round, because it's almost been two hours and I want to I want to <laughs> get I want to let you eat dinner um, off great. season off season. We're, we're in the spring right now. What are some expectations that you have for your players in the off season? That's a, yes. Um, well, I think of I don't I don't think players and this is this is true to an extent and it's and it's false to an extent, but I do tell our kids this. I don't think it's a hundred percent right, but you generally don't get better during the season. You showcase how good you are during the season, where your most the vast majority of your improvements gonna occur is in the offseason. And so we try to start, and I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big believer in and maybe I should be, but you know, and I don't necessarily believe in burnout or kids, you know, kids need a break, you know, load management. Um, I'm not, I'm not into those concepts and it's like, I'm not into stretching, but. Oh, I was just talking the other day about burnout's not a real thing. Okay. It's a real thing in the sense of you can get tired of anything. Like I love ice cream coach. And if I eat ice cream for two weeks straight, that 15th day, I'm probably going to think, golly, do I really want ice cream? And then, Coach, in that moment, I really find out how much I love ice cream or not. Do I push past that feeling and keep going? Or do I just, you know what? And if that's the case, then I don't obviously love ice cream as much as I thought I did. No such thing, Coach. That's an uncommon statement, though, right there. So I, you know, I know like we, uh, 
at whatever point we get beat, you know, in the playoffs, then uh, I mean, the next day we're going to, or the next, if it's a Friday, I mean, it'd be on Monday, but the next time we can, we're going to meet with them and, and try to uh, put the season in perspective, you know, and, and try to make that a positive, a positive day. Uh, knowing that some kids are going to be hurting um, some, some are going to be hurting more than others. You know, that's just a fact, but the kids who, have really put a lot into it. They're 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 going to still be stinging pretty good from their and you know and the realization that we don't have practice today. The season's done. You know it that was yeah. so abrupt. And yeah. as a coach, we've all felt that, and it's a kind of a terrible feeling. Um, so we'll take that day off and and try to um, put last season in perspective and start talking about what lies ahead in the future and. And then we're going to get them. We're going to get them on the court the next day, and and we might not work them real hard. We might try to, uh, you know, do something a little bit different, but it's still going to be competitive. And and I'll probably dial back, you know, how much instruction I give, with the point of them having a little bit of fun that first day back, and then soon thereafter, unless we're staring, you know, spring break right in the face, like we're going to get them in the weight room and try to get them in the routine of. During our athletic period every day, it's going to be a practice just like we had during the season. After school, you guys are going to be in the weight room and we'll, you know, we have a, we're going to be in there for, if it's a five day week, if there's no holiday or work day or something, then they'll lift four out of those five days, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, two leg days and two upper body days. And so most days they go to the weight room right after school, they have their workout they get in there and do it and uh you know and, and we stand in there and watch them or uh instruct if we need to on technique or what the exercise is uh and then they go you know that's done about we got out of school at four they're done lifting about 4 45 and uh we go to the court and we have different we have different shooting programs and different shooting games that we do and that's that's primarily what we what we're gonna do when we after you know at four forty five every day is do that and that's uh, now some days I will put them on teams and we'll play pickup. Everything we do anytime we play pickup after school or in the summertime it's always half court. Um, we do no full court pickup game because I you know we we tell them anytime you're doing something uh, in basketball we want you doing it you know, with, with total focus and lock in. And we don't feel like that fifth period practice and then the weights that they can go out there and get up and down uh, without, with the intensity that we would want them to. So we actually have a, a style of half court basketball that we play that simulates pressing. Um, so if I get a defensive rebound, the closest man to me is going to be on me. I can't dribble it. Everybody else is trying to match up. And they've got to clear a pass outside the three. Oh wow! Uh, it's a make or miss shot on a miss on a made shot. They get it out of the net, and somebody's on him, and he's got to chin the ball and pivot. And everybody's trying to match up and make it hard for him to find a pass outside the three. And once he does, you know, then you know it's it's still half court. And I mean, they're now they're on offense, and uh, that must be pretty fast paced though, playing like it's that. Very fast paced. It's very fatiguing. Yeah. Um, so we also play very short games. Uh, we play to we play to five baskets, and we don't we don't count the three as two. Everything's one point, and we play to five. Um, and so it's a 
it's a high-paced half-court game, and we're still working on matching up quick and putting pressure on them. Uh, and then, you know, we'll usually – so we'll do that. You know, we'll do that once or twice a week and, and go away from our shooting program. Uh, and they enjoy that. And they and and very few times, I mean, maybe one out of ten times do I walk away from it feeling uh, disappointed in their effort. And maybe less than that. It's very rare. Um, yeah. And I'll and I'll sit on the side and watch and and I'll do a fight like when someone gets a rebound or gets out of the net, I'll give him the five count thousand one. So he's got to try to get that thing cleared in five seconds or it's a turnover. Um, and so yeah, we call that Olympic style half court. It's something we've just kind of uh, come up with through the years, and we really love it. But they're going to be, and then you know we'll tell kids you know. Um, you know, like, okay, you, you had some good pickup games. Well, you need to get some shots, you know, like we, we tell them this ahead of time, you know, every, every day after you're done playing pickup, like you need to get some shots. And so we do, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we do a lot of things with the number seven, like my shooting drill earlier, yeah. you know, I was seven minutes. They've got a, so we'll tell them partner up, get 77 made threes or, if I feel like we've played a long time, it's getting late, it's past six o'clock, we might tell them, you know, 30, get 33 made threes. Uh and and so that's kind of our day. I mean, we we they stay the kids that love it, and I've been blessed. I mean, besides having good assistant coaches, I've had I've just been blessed with kids that love basketball and they and they're, you know, they find or they fall in love with it. If they don't love it, they usually don't stay in our program, you know, for their whole four years. But they'll, you know, they'll they'll work out hard in the athletic period, which ours is right before lunch, um, and then they'll be back and they'll lift, and then they're going to be in the gym from, you know, for at least an hour and a half after they've lifted. So they're getting two and a half hours, you know, of court time each day. And with that said, you'd think we'd be a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, or about- you'd be a, you'd be a lot worse if you weren't doing that. Um- yeah. But we, you know, and so a lot of days, well, a lot of days are in there just they're doing whatever we prescribe for them on shooting. Uh, we've yeah. got some different things where we can bury it. But um, so, yeah, and then we'll do it. You know, we'll do it in the, now that we can uh, practice in the summer a little bit. We always did the open gym in the weight room. But, you know, now, you know, there's a that month of June, if we're not at team camp or something, we can kind of mirror what we were doing in the spring. Yeah. And that's when I feel like you really see kids get better. Like yeah. we've got a bunch of young kids right now and we don't shoot the ball very well. And, and yesterday evening, you know, in our open gym, uh, we did, we did some shooting contests where they were competing against each other. And we had some kids really shooting it well, that that hadn't been in my opinion. And yesterday, you know, I had to compliment them. And, and so they can see it already starting to pay off them spending that amount of time things you can't do in the season because yep. you're trying to get ready for the next team. So, yeah. so that's kind of, I think that off season's big. I've always loved it from the, from my first day coaching um, at Lubbock Coronado as an assistant. I loved, I, you know, I fell in love with the off season, the spring and getting the kids up there in the summertime and then the fall. Um, so yeah, we don't, I'm not a, I, I like I like to play golf, but I'm not very good. And I think it's I think it's that gym time. I never go play. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, I would just rather, I feel guilty if I, if I leave early. So today, I mean, our kids, we've, I've got quite a few kids in track. So I scheduled this podcast today because I knew, you know, today would be a good day to give them off. We nice. got kids involved in, you know, on a track meet and, uh, and some other ones going out of town for AAU. So, but Monday through Thursday, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have them up there. That was my next question is how much is select ball a big part of what your players do? Is that something that you encourage them to do or uh, is it kind of completely separate or out of your mind? It's a little, it's, it's not out of my mind and I, and I do not encourage it. I don't, I don't discourage it just because, yeah. you know, there's probably enough people that don't like me already. So I don't, I don't need the, but here's, here's some things that I do talk to our kids about. Um, I mean, we, I, th I think it was 2015 could be, could have been 16. I, the years start running together, but we had a kid that was all state as a junior and all state as a senior. So obviously he was a very good player and coming out of his junior year, you know, he had division one schools that had, had noticed him and that, you know, it started recruiting him and at the end of the spring and summer, as he did kind of the travel circuit and all that, you know, come September, none of those division one schools were on him. Um, and in trying to figure out what had happened, you know, he told me, he said, you know, coach, I mean, that it's not the same as when I'm playing, you know, for you and with these guys, it's not the mm. same. I don't get the same shots. I don't get as many shots. I'm not, you know, I'm not handling the ball near as much. Um, a lot of times it's, I mean, and he was a really intelligent bass. He just said a lot of times it's just bad basketball. Yeah. And I don't feel like I look as good um, or can show what I'm capable of doing. Uh, and he was a, a really good player. He ended up leading uh, North America in scoring uh, in college at a division two school. So uh he, you know, and so, you know, that I, I use that as a cautionary tale. Like it can be as harmful as it can be helpful. Mm -hmm. And he probably would admit too that he probably didn't play as hard or as intense because of who he was playing with because they didn't. And uh, me and him have talked a lot about that. I, you know, and then I, I've had two high division one guys uh, that started four years in the Big 12 that they never played. They never played. AAU basketball. Um, one of them's dad was a coach, so he was just in the gym all the time. He didn't need, you know, another voice or other voices telling him what to do. He had me, he had his dad who uh, had been a really good player and was now a coach. And he just lived in that gym. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's necessary, but I, it's a hard sell to tell kids, you know, that Kobe Bryant never played AAU basketball, you know, and y'all are wearing his shoes. So um, that's a hard sell. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some cases where it helps, but I think we always tell our guys, uh, you know, if you're good enough, people are going to find out about you. Um, they're going to know. And, yeah. and we've had enough good ones that, so I do worry. I do worry about the competing voices and maybe that, that, um, some of the things we emphasize are not getting emphasized. And that's probably a lot of coaches that feel that way. Um, by the at the same token, I mean, we, we had a guy here uh, in Amarillo that who actually was a dad of 
couple couple of my players in the past. And he would coach kids in AAU when they were young. He wouldn't really stay with them all the way. And he was fantastic. And and the kids that played for him in elementary and middle school would come to us with a good foundation. Uh, and and if you find guys like that, hold on to yes. them because that 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 is you're pretty fortunate at that younger age. And so there are some good ones that you know you would you know you would like for him. And he was one. He was fantastic. He doesn't do it anymore. He uh, he's busy and his kids are all grown. And but he was fantastic. I mean he. I mean, I felt like they were getting coached just like they would by a good high school coach. And so I, I just think it's a it's a mixed bag yeah. on that. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.